Pushkin. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. Before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision and her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Growing up with a family full of musicians, Lucas Nelson was basically raised on stage. Lucas started playing guitar in his dad, Willie Nelson's band, when he was just 11 years old. In those early days, he spent all of his time practicing and made a point of earning his stripes instead of just coasting on his dad's success. That hard work's paid off. In 2008, Lucas formed his acclaimed band, Promise of the Real, who've also spent the last six years as Neil Young's touring band. In 2017, Lucas and the band were cast in A Star is Born as Bradley Cooper's backing band. Cooper learned how to embody a rock star on stage through working with Lucas, who also wrote the opening riff for Shallow and co-wrote some other songs on the soundtrack sung by Cooper and Lady Gaga. On today's episode... Lucas Nelson sings some songs from his latest album, A Few Stars Apart. He also talks to Bruce Hedlum about the very relatable experience of quarantining with his parents and talks about how the first song he ever wrote saved him from getting evicted from an apartment after leaving college. This is Broken Record, liner notes for the digital age. I'm Justin Richmond. Here's Bruce Hadlam and Lucas Nelson. So thank you so much for doing this. Uh, you've got this new album, A Few Stars Apart, with your band Promise of the Real. Can you just start by telling me a bit about this album? Yes. The record was recorded at RCA Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. It's a historic place. Elvis and my father and so many others have recorded there. You can feel that history when you go in the building. Dave Cobb was, uh, was the producer on our record, and he has produced many fantastic artists, including Chris Stapleton, uh, Brandy Carlisle, and he's just a, a really cool guy and uh, was really happy to, to work with him because he, he tends to work the way we like to work, which is sort of analog, live in the studio, a little bit old school, you might say, but he can produce a fresh sound with, with that process. So I'm, you know, we were really happy to be with him. Was this record, was it written while you were 
in lockdown for COVID? Yeah, I mean, we we looked we looked through a, a bunch of the songs that uh, I had written in the last few years, and um, a good portion of the songs we picked to be for to be on this record were written during quarantine. Okay, now you're from a great musical family. Your father, Willie, your your aunt has been his piano player for a long time. You've got other musicians in your family. Were you able to see them at all during quarantine? I was with my mo- my mother and father during the beginning, the first six months of quarantine, which was great. It was it was really nice to be able to be with them. One of the greatest pains in my life before the pandemic was the fact that we, my father and I had separate schedules. And so, you know, him being in his later years, I want to spend as much time with him as I can. And my work was taking me away from him, which even though I knew that he was proud and happy that I'm out doing my own thing and on the road, I felt, I felt pained not to be with him as much as possible. And so when when the pandemic hit, we just happened to be in the same place and I couldn't leave anywhere anyway. So we got quarantined together and it was the greatest five or six months I, I'd ever spent uh, with them. Now, I mean, most people, I, I've been away from my family. Your father, as you mentioned, is he's, I think, 88 now. Mm. You did a very lovely version online of Hello in There when John Prine first got sick and of of course, very sadly, he died of COVID. Yeah. Was your family okay through all this? Well, yes. Uh, I mean, we were we were relatively fine. Absolutely. I think that you know when you look at how many people were suffering, I mean, we were just sitting up on a hill in Austin, you know, uh, with horses and eating food together and having family dinners and you know things that we hadn't done in years. And so I, I suppose we were. Very grateful. I mean, there were challenges, especially challenges in, in in living together after so long. You know, some childhood things came up, and, and you know, there's a funny, there's a famous quote, and I can't remember who said it. it could have been Ram Dass or 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 Rinpoche, one of these these famous Buddhist monks. They say, if you think you're enlightened, spend a week with your parents. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I, I, you know, I, I can't stress enough. A lot of us, I, I was having a conversation the other day, a lot of us really feel like as adults, we've sort of become, well, hopefully those of us that feel this way, feel that we've become the most peaceful version of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our ability to let things slide, you know, at least for me, I feel like in, in my entire life, the most challenging experiences have been, when I've been forced to spend the, all that time with with the people who've been able to trigger the darkest parts of my personality, and so mm-hmm. it really is a great a great lesson and test in mastering oneself. In order, in, when you're spending time with people who know how to press your buttons and who you know how to press their buttons, and so to to not to not say the wrong thing that will set them off, you know, and I don't, I don't know anybody who hasn't experienced that at this, at, you know, even at, at very enlightened levels, you know, I think that we're, <laughs> we're all in, in that same boat together. Even the Dalai Lama probably gets annoyed at some point, you know, but then he's able to, he's got the tools to not let that show or not let that affect how he responds uh, the difference between reacting to something and then responding is that one is sort of uh, unconscious reaction and the other is conscious response. And so mm-hmm. that, that that lesson has been great. And I've, I think I've learned how to do that a lot better these days. I have to ask, what would trigger your family when you're at home? What would you do to trigger your family? Oh my goodness! Oh, there's so many triggers that we have. Um, you know, I mean, we're we're all flawed human beings. You know, we've we've got we've got these cracks in us that, uh, but they remind me of the cracks in 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 the bowls in Japan where they filled the cracks up with gold. You know, because there is no imperfection really; it's all perfect. But you know, we have tempers. I mean, the Nelson the Nelson family has has never been accused of being impassionate. Uh, we are very passionate people. Uh, we, we have strong opinions about things and, um, and we have a difficulty not expressing those opinions. 
I'll come at the question one other way. Okay. Uh, right. And it reminds me, uh, you're in Texas where I guess Trigger should be left for, that should be the name of a horse, not something people do to each Trigger's other. Trigger's the name of my dad's guitar. Oh, that's right, it is. I've completely forgotten that. All right. I am wondering, and it can, especially if it was in a musical opinion. Oh, no. No, none of that. No. You guys don't argue about music? We don't argue about music. And, and I don't really argue much. It's oftentimes small things like, you know, uh, as when you're when you're stuck, you know, in a room together and, you know, maybe someone feels unappreciated for the work they've been doing or pulling their weight in, in the family, you know, or and then, you know, somebody says something and it triggers something else. But listen, all of these things are universal. They're not unique to my family. <laughs> no, I know, because you're describing you know, my family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, we may have different views. You know, I don't like to watch the news. Then they, really? they like to have that news on 24-7. <laughs> so, I, you know, for me, I don't like to, you know, walk into a room and I'm, all, I'm just like, boom, right there. It's in my face, all these headlines. And, you know, and for me, I just, you know, I, I prefer to get my information very quickly. I get notifications on my phone. I see the general headlines and I turn it off. But, you know, for some reason, mm-hmm. that generation, my father's generation, my parents' generation, they, they love to just have the news on and I you know 24 7 I wrote a song called turn off the news and build a garden and that was uh so we, you know we have differences in there and and that's okay you know it, it, you know it's their house at that point I was staying at their house so you know mm-hmm. I, I can't complain when I when it's you know on every tv well despite what you're describing yeah there's a couple things that struck me about this album it's a very very hopeful album <laughs> Togetherness may have been tough at points, but it's very much an album about togetherness. Do you see it that way? Oh, I do. And and after a couple months of rediscovering the tools to live with each other, you know, we'd been gone. We'd been we hadn't been with each other. We'd been sort of in and out of contact and talking all the time, but really spending time together. We hadn't done that a lot. And so once we did, once we sat down, once we once we started hanging, uh, and and I rediscovered these beautiful people that were my parents. I, I I felt so grateful and hopeful, and it gave me a stronger sense of peace than I ever had. A stronger sense of contentment, of being comfortable in my own skin, of security. Because, you know, the insecurities that, that you carry with you from the relationship with your parents throughout life are, are very strong. And if you're lucky enough to be able to sort of confront those insecurities firsthand with the tools that, I mean, I had learned how to do meditation and I'd learned the tools that you need in order to respond and not react. And so even though I failed many times towards the end of that uh, period of time where I was stuck with them, we were really getting along and we worked through a lot of stuff and it was really a necessary time for all of us. Well, you're giving hope to an entire country that's coming out of COVID. I hope you know that. Well, listen, uh, what better what better gift could one hope to give? Well, you, you are. One of the gifts on this album is We'll Be All Right, which is the first song. Was that written with anybody in mind? That was written with everybody in mind. That was mm-hmm. written with the whole world in mind. It's a pretty heavy song in some ways because it's, you know, talks about empires falling and understanding that everything's impermanent. But, you know, through it all, through the, the world, I, I write a lot about sort of the outside world collapsing and yet love being, <laughs> love being what keeps us uh, strong through that. I would say that I'm a classic liberal, <laughs> a classical <laughs> liberal, uh, not, not, a, not a neoliberal, but a classical liberal in which I really believe in the strength of individuals, uh, knowing that things around will be at times very, very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. And so giving people the tools, instead of saying, uh, yeah, let's, let's eradicate bullying from the world, Maybe instead say, let's learn how to not let bullying affect you. You know, let's mm-hmm. learn how to take people's words and let them slide off and not really let them affect you. You know, spill the strength from within so that we, we learn to be 
strong people instead of relying on on or trying to just say, well, let's eradicate negativity or let's let's take this bad thing and and because you're never going to do that. There's always going to be a new thing mm-hmm. that pops up. So rather than campaigns against the thing itself, maybe the thing should be learned how to deal with inside. And that's sort of a theme that, that I think recurs in, in a lot of my songs. Mm-hmm. You of love encased in this moment suspended above and we can hold on through struggle and strife Despite all the darkness, we'll be all right. Soft as the river flows, bold in watery silence. That's We'll Be Alright from Lucas Nelson and Promise of the Real's new album, A Few Stars Apart. We'll be right back with more from Lucas Nelson after a quick break. Reboot your credit card with Apple Card, the only credit card designed for iPhone. It gives you up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase. Plus, Apple Card has no fees, not even hidden ones. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Variable APRs for Apple Card range from 19.24% to 29.49% based on credit worthiness. Rates as of February 1st, 2024. Terms and more at AppleCard.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs, on-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. 
With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242-424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hello, hello. Malcolm Gladwell here from Revisionist History, my podcast about the overlooked and the misunderstood. A couple of years ago, I wrote a book called Outliers. It was about exceptional people, the ones who operate at the outer edges of human performance. Outliers fascinate me. And last year, I discovered an outlier in the form of a community organization, Washington State's City of Bellevue. The city wanted to improve public safety by making their roads safer. So they created something that no one had ever built before, a platform that gave road users warnings of any dangers ahead in real time. How did they build it? By using a combination of technologies, the cellular vehicle to everything network, T-Mobile's 5G network, and 5G connected cameras. People driving, bicycling, walking, running, can't forget people running, and people operating the transportation network now had a way to prevent crashes. It's been a huge success. The city of Bellevue earned first place in the community category at the T-Mobile for Business Unconventional Awards, an event that celebrates T-Mobile customers who've dared to innovate for the sake of meaningful change. If you're a T-Mobile for Business customer and your team has, like the city of Bellevue, innovated something really, really cool, I encourage you to enter. It's also a great way for outliers to be recognized in front of your industry's most influential leaders. You can enter at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. That's tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. We're back with more from Lucas Nelson and Bruce Hedlund. Your father had a uh, a difficult relationship with Nashville when he was a songwriter there. Sure. And he returned to Texas. Um, some of you, some of your experiences remind me a bit of Roseanne Cash, whom we've interviewed, whose father also had a difficult time with Nashville. Sure. And didn't want to be there. What's it like for you to go to Nashville, which is not just a city, not just a place with, with great studios and great, great musicians, but a kind of industry that represents a certain way of thinking about country music. I think Nashville has changed quite a lot since those times, especially in that there's a lot of quality music coming out of Nashville now, separate from what the radio stuff is, you know, mm-hmm. separate from what the, the the new country, you know, that comes out. There's really good stuff coming out of Nashville, but there's there's great stuff coming all over the place now because we have the internet and we don't need to be in a specific spot really to you know there is no hub but Nashville itself has an energy and and going there it can it can help inspire i think good music to come but and and the level of musicianship that that is condensed into Nashville is incredible some of the best musicians in the whole world it's sort of one of the last places where people really appreciate musical talent in terms of proficiency at an instrument and not like proficiency at, you know, programming. And speaking of which, you did this whole album on analog. You did it on tape, didn't you? We did, yes. Yeah. Did you edit it digitally, but just record it on tape or? Uh, well, we didn't do much editing at all. It was all live um, for the most part. Uh, wow. There were hardly any overdubs, I don't think. And it's funny because, you know, people don't really know that. They don't notice that because everything has been edited that they listen to to the most part, for the most part. So a lot of times people think that our music is really slick when at the same time, it's just that, you know, this band is really, really good. (laughs) They're really good. And so they sound like it's been, it sounds like it's been produced and edited or whatever, but it, it isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it hasn't, and these guys are just good. And they're good musicians, and so I'm proud of them for that. Yeah, there's not a lot of auto tune on your voice. I noticed. I, I wish I could uh, sing better and, and tune, but you know, I try. I've heard that you don't like your own voice. Is that true? 
It's not that I don't like it. It's just that I'm, it's a work in progress. Let me just say, I actually like my voice, but I can hit any note. You know, I can hit high notes. I can hit low notes. It's just a different sound, a different timbre. And, um, it, but it's getting more character to it as time goes by, as I go through more things in life and um, it gets a little more weathered. And so, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to uh, judge it yet. I think your mother said that she thought you'd found your voice on this record. Yeah. What do you think she meant? There's certain songs where I'm actually really happy with the sound of my voice. Uh, she said that specifically regarding a song called Throwing Away Your Love, uh, which is sort of a more conversational sort of timbre. timbre. It's a lower register of my voice. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I like that lower register, that higher register. You know, I couldn't sing that lower um, when, I was, when I was younger, but I'm able to sing it now, mm-hmm. you know, get a little lower down there. Do you want to play a song for us and we'll keep talking after? Sure. Time wasted again and again Criminal intentions I sense a deeply rooted Network of confusion in my brain My pain is so very elementary I think the child in me is banging on the wall that separates me from the light on the other side. And I'm trying to remember why I might have left your love behind. Oh, and I'd like to testify on behalf of my worried For the crime of throwing away your love Throwing away your love Throwing away your love Throwing away your love Exhibit A, Mama, I've got proof I have a lot of pretty memories I can show you Dust them off and see that you're the perfect girl for me But somehow you slipped away for reasons I can't see I'd like to go ahead and plead insanity My mind is not my friend I think it wants me to be lonely And I'm trying to remember Why I might have left your love behind Oh, 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 oh to testify on behalf of my worried mind for the crime of throwing away your love throwing away your love throwing away your love throwing away your love in my life Situation is beyond my control and you're gone. Oh no. Sentence me to a hundred thousand years or more. I'd like to testify on behalf of my worried mind for the crime of throwing away your fantastic thank you so much i'm gonna tell all our listeners now to run out and listen to the album version because it's got a very full it almost sounds like the band yeah band, but very the band, band-like it's got that, song. that descending bass and it feels like rick danko singing it and that's just such a different wonderful version thank you oh thank you can you tell me about writing that one yeah uh that was one of the ones that i wrote a while ago and um <laughs> i just i can't help but just feel like it was sort of written like a band song. It was very like, you know, I, I wanted to write a song that was that was groovy but mellow. And 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 it is sort of I think it's one of the more fun lyrical songs I, I've written. I, I was having fun playing with words on that song. You know, it just felt like 
I was tangled up in in my emotions, you know, and, and I was sort of like trying to write about leaving this girl behind. And maybe I was watching some law and order show or something where I felt like, you know, I was using a bunch of legal terms. <laughs> yeah. And this album is more, for people who have followed you, it's a more country album. You and your band are, you're a kind of very heavy guitar-driven California-style band, but this one feels a little more Austin to me. Yeah, I don't know where that California style got thrown into all those articles. I mean, you know, we, we, we did a lot. The first record was in Austin. We've actually only recorded one record in California, or two records in California. But most of the time, I grew up listening to Austin, Texas musicians and Seattle musicians. There's no, there's no bands that I was influenced really from California, unless you include like Buck Owens or, or you know, the, the sort of the Bakersfield sound, Merle Haggard, that kind of thing. Or in Neil, Neil Young, I guess, supposedly, you know, made his, his real sound down there in California. But we called ourselves cowboy hippie surf rock when we started out. So maybe California was just sort of grandfathered in at that point. I mentioned you're from this storied musical family. Not only did you grow up in your musical family, you, you joined the family band pretty early, didn't you? Yeah, I started playing when I was 13, 14 in the band. Well, how long had you been playing by that point? A few years. I really got proficient, at least good enough to hand, hang by the third year I was playing because I, I spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours playing. I didn't, I didn't stop. I wanted to be an Olympic athlete when I was a young kid. Uh, I wanted to be a swimmer. And I knew what it took. And I wanted to give that same amount of focus and attention and practice to music, to stand out as someone who definitely made their life about music, to stand out as someone who loves music and embodies music and isn't just writing on coattails or something, you know, uh, I, I, I feel like I had a little something extra to prove in to myself as well as to others, but mostly to myself that I was okay on my own. And that if my father hadn't been famous, I would still be capable of putting in the effort uh, required and working hard enough to stand and be heard no matter what. Mm -hmm. What happened to swimming? Well, I got distracted by music at a certain point. I started putting more into music than I did to swimming. Mm -hmm. Music has taken me all over the world. Music has taken me just to, to, to loves in my life. It's, it's given me confidence. It's given me strength. If there is a God, I think God is music, you know. Mm -hmm. So when did the songwriting start for you? Uh, when I was 11 years old, I wrote a song called You Were It. And um, my dad liked it so much, he put it on his record, It Always Will Be, at the time. I was probably about 11 years old when that happened. So, wait a second. You're 11, you start to get royalty checks from one of your dad's albums? Oh, is yeah, that right? I have a funny story about <laughs> that, too, because when I was older, I was living in California. I went to, well, I went to Loyola Marymount University, Briefly, I dropped out. But as I, after I dropped out, I was paying rent at this place in Venice, California. And month to month, it was kind of difficult. I was going on the road and making money. But there were, there were times where I was not almost going to make my rent. And I remember one day, the day of the rent came due, and I didn't have the money. I didn't have hardly any money at that point. <laughs> I'm not sure if anybody realizes, but I never take money from my parents. I just never, I, I'm just kind of, I don't know, I forced myself to separate from that because I, again, I, it was my own thing. So I couldn't pay the rent and I was driving down the PCH and I, some something just came over me like, okay, I'm going to be okay no matter what. I'm just going to trust, you know, that, that life is, life is going to be okay. <laughs> And I got a call. As soon as I had that thought, I got a call. And it was that I had a package at FedEx. And so I drove to FedEx and I opened up the package and it was a check from writing that song 
for exactly what was due <laughs> for my rent. <laughs> the exact to the dollar amount. And I said, wow. You know, and that point, at that point on, I just started, I just sort of said, you know what, I'm just going to keep trusting. That is a fantastic story. Yeah, I'll play that song yeah. and see if I can remember it. You were it, the one, the only one who understood it all. But when we fought out loud, you'd be the one who made me feel so small. You could kill, you could hurt, and bring out the worst in everyone you knew. But no one could ever bring the worst out of you. fantastic thank you that's pretty heavy for an 11 year old uh, yeah I, I was a pretty heavy 11 year old for sure <laughs> we'll be back after a quick break with more from lucas nelson and bruce Hedlund. snag a job is where america goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs, on-demand, attempt to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hello, hello, Malcolm Gladwell here from Revisionist History, my podcast about the overlooked and the misunderstood. A couple of years ago, I wrote a book called Outliers. It was about exceptional people, the ones who operate at the outer edges of human performance. Outliers fascinate me. And last year, I discovered an outlier in the form of a community organization, Washington State's City of Bellevue. The city wanted to improve public safety by making their roads safer, so they created something that no one had ever built before, a platform that gave road users warnings of any dangers ahead in real time. How did they build it? By using a combination of technologies, the cellular vehicle-to-everything network, T-Mobile's 5G network, and 5G-connected cameras. People driving, bicycling, walking, running, can't forget people running, and people operating the transportation network now had a way to prevent crashes. It's been a huge success. The City of Bellevue earned first place in the community category at the T-Mobile for Business Unconventional Awards, an event that celebrates T-Mobile customers who've dared to innovate for the sake of meaningful change. If you're a T-Mobile for Business customer and your team has, like the City of Bellevue, innovated something really, really cool, I encourage you to enter. It's also a great way for outliers to be recognized in front of your industry's most influential leaders. You can enter at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. That's tmobile.com slash unconventional 
Awards. See you there. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Varian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. We're back with the rest of Bruce's conversation with Lucas Nelson. Tell me about meeting Bradley Cooper and how your work on A Star is Born came around. Well, at first I was hired because he saw us that desert trip with Neil, and he's a huge Neil fan. And uh, he hired me to be an authenticity consultant. He wanted to basically... Uh, he wanted he wanted me to let him know what looked authentic on stage and how to be you know a rock and roller on stage and what kind of guitars to use and but we ended up singing I ended up having helping him sing learn to sing and I ended up being the guitar and the music and and I ended up bringing my band in and then writing a bunch of songs with them and producing. Um, and having brought the band in and, and, and we, you know, I mean, one of the great experiences were, uh, I mean, he was just sitting with him and, and watching his voice progress and then having him, you know, really get pretending to play down pretty well. <laughs> he, uh, but, but it was cool seeing our music come off the big screen and, and you know, uh, hearing my lick... Hearing, so you know that working with Stephanie with Gaga was was great too. You know, it gave us a lot of uh, validation. I think as musicians, we, we felt like we're we could hang with with, um, with with these you know pop stars as well as we could hang with uh, you know the legends. It was great. What's it like to write with someone who hasn't? Because he. He did write some of the songs or co-wrote some of the songs. Yeah, we wrote Black Eyes together and a couple other ones. Yeah, he has great ideas. He's really musical. And then Stephanie, Lady Gaga, you, you didn't have to teach her how to sing. She was Didn't have to teach her how to sing, no. She could sing her ass off. Um, but, you know, she, you know, it was nice to, uh, to have the band in there. And she was a great producer. And I'm glad to, that she chose to keep my version of, you know, the band's version of Shallow pretty much, you know, on the record as well. It's a trip to hear your your guitar out there when all of these, you know, young kids are, are singing along to it and they don't know that Promise of the Real is the band they're singing to, you know. You know, one of the people you've worked with a lot, and I want to talk about different people in your life that have helped you, but he's a good example of someone who has so much material, you, you're never sure when it's coming out, and that's Neil Young. yeah. Uh, you've been his backup band. You've played with them. Uh, sure. Can you tell me a bit about how you guys first met and how that all came about? Uh, well, Neil and I had known each other just peripherally because we did Farm Aid every year. But I, I was always kind of, you know, I never really spoke to him uh, until maybe I was 16. Uh, and I wrote a song called American Dream, which I have, I have to go find that. I don't know where it went, but it was like a farmer's song. And I wrote that song and then I, I, I got the courage to, to go out and play it for him and, uh, and to play it for, for, with my brother. And we went and played it for him and, and he was like, oh, that's great. Sounds good. We were out by the buses at Farm Aid. I remember clear as day. That was the first longer conversation that we had with him. And, uh, I don't know. Part of me thinks that maybe he was he was impressed that we we had the courage to come up and do that. And then so over time, I think he started to pay attention to what we were doing. And um, 
we covered one of his songs at uh, a Farm Aid in 2010 in Milwaukee, covered a song, we were doing a song called L.A. It's, uh, it's like uh, from a, a, a record that kind of didn't come out, Time Fades Away. It was all like, you know, sort of, if you're a diehard fan, you know it. But mm-hmm. um, and uh, And he really liked it. And so he came and said something after we played, said we did a good job. And then then we just sort of kept in touch as pen pals and he sort of gave me some feedback and ideas and over the years. And then one day he invited us into the studio to, to, to record and we did the Monsanto years, which actually aged quite well, I think, yeah. uh, ha- them having been found guilty of a number of different things involving glyphosate specifically. And so that, that was a, our first foray into, into his world. And we ended up going on the road extensively after that. And we still love him. He's our great captain. So what is it like to play on stage with him? It's like the, the fullest expression of our dreams uh, as, as children. I mean, when I was a kid, I dreamed about playing rock and roll like that on a stage for 80,000 people. I mean, Desert Trip was quite, quite a, an incredible show. And, you know, if, if I do say so myself, I thought we made quite a statement on that show. A lot of people saw that show and really loved it. You know, he's this character who always seems a little, never out of control, but on the verge of being out of control. Is, do you feel that way when you're on stage with him? Yeah, but I relate to it. We all sort of exhibit a sense of abandon. We're out there. It's what we love about being on stage with Neil because that's where your rock and roll spirit can really shine. What about songwriting? Has he influenced you in that way? Sure. Yeah. I mean, in the same way that my father has, you know, we wrote a little bit together and, you know, he, he's got great feedback on the music. And another guy you knew, and I don't know if you knew him growing up, but you've talked about him in the past, is Chris Christopherson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Another one of the great songwriters of our generation, if not uh-huh. ever. Yeah. Is he the kind of guy you ever went to and said, I've got this song that was inspired by something you did. Can I play it for you? Sure. He was really a fan of, of our music. He is a fan of our music. Is writing something you do every day or, or do you write just when it comes? I write often. Every other day, you know, I mean, they're, they're, I, it comes in bursts where like one week I'll write eight songs or something. You know, I might not write again for a month, but, you know, that's how it works. You never worry it's not going to come back. You always... No, and at this point I have enough material for five records before I have to write another song. <laughs> so, I, you know, <laughs> it's actually kind of like... It's kind of annoying because I have all this material and I don't know, you know, when it's going to come out, you know. And sometimes you, you, you write something and you want it to come out right away because it's how you're feeling at that moment. But like in the case of Perennial Bloom, which is a song from our, our record that's, that's sort of been on, on the radio a lot. And it's, uh, uh, that song was written May of 2020. And there's a line there. This was like right when... The pandemic had hit, but the the summer was supposed to be when, you know, the virus maybe would go away because of the heat. And and uh, we were feeling really hopeful. And it was like summer's healing coming soon. And somebody, someone beside me actually smiled without a mask. And it was more of a, a, a metaphor for someone smiling without, you know, the metaphorical masks of being themselves. And yet that song didn't get released until a year later that same time in May, in May of this year, and the the same thing applied. And so it was almost like it was meant to come out a year later and not at that time, because we had a lot more hope for the summer this year than we did back then even. So it was, it was interesting how, how songs can maybe be written and not be meant to put out until later, which is, I'm, having, I'm being forced to accept that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, thank you so much. It has been just fabulous talking to you. Yeah, it has. Thank you. Thanks to Lucas Nelson for playing a couple of songs off his new album and sharing his story with Bruce. You can check out all our favorite Lucas Nelson and Promise of the Real songs at brokenrecordpodcast.com. 
be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash broken record podcast. We can find all our new episodes. You can follow us on Twitter at broken record. Broken Record is produced with help from Leah Rose, Jason Gambrell, Martin Gonzalez, Eric Sandler, and Jennifer Sanchez. With engineering help from Nick Chafee, our executive producer is Mia LaBelle. Broken Record is a production of Pushkin Industries. If you love this show and others from Pushkin Industries, consider becoming a Pushkin. Pushnik is a podcast subscription that offers bonus content and uninterrupted ad-free listening for $4.99 a month. Look for Pushnik exclusively on Apple Podcast subscriptions. And also remember to share, rate, and review us on your podcast app. Our theme music's by Kenny Beats. I'm Justin Richmond. Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. This is your chance to reignite some old musical passions or pick up an instrument for the first time. Connect with more than 100 of the world's best teachers and musicians. You'll get seven days totally free to try it out. And then it's just $30 a month, less than a single private lesson. I mean, why do we do Broken Record? Not just because we love hearing from great musicians. We do it because we think that there is something beautiful about the appreciation of music. Don't you think we need more of that in our lives these days? That's the mission of Musora, to inspire, educate, and connect musicians. Enjoy unlimited personal support, weekly live streams, student lesson plans. It's like having a personal music teacher, only much, much better. Just go to musora.com, M-U-S-O-R-A.com, to start a new musical journey today. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored amongst some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.